Henry, what on earth are you wearing? My exercise gear, Bill, old thing. I'm on my way to my regular morning class during the lockdown. It's a... a... leotard, Henry. Yes, rather fetching, don't you think? Fetching? I'm retching, Henry. You're eighty-three. Well, I'm getting into much better shape thanks to these yoga classes. Yoga? In Hornet Heaven? Who's doing the teaching? Ben Foster. What? How? Oh, Fozzie doesn't realise he's running the class, you silly old sausage, Bill. What I do is I go back to a game from earlier this season, and while he's stretching and bending during a break in play, I stand behind him right up close and copy what he's doing. You should join me, Bill. Um, no, no, thank you, Henry. I'm rather busy working on other ways of keeping the residents of Hornet Heaven entertained while there's no fresh football to watch. Well, if you ask me, old chap, there's not much that gets the morning off to a better start than a good eyeful of Ben Foster with his legs akimbo. Especially if he's wearing his kit with the red shorts. But each to his own, Bill. Each to his own. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Sir? Sir? There's someone to see you, sir. Hmm? Tell them I'm... It's urgent, sir. It's about Harry the Hornet. It can't wait. Bill Mainwood was in the programme office a couple of days after the draw at home to Crystal Palace on Boxing Day 2016. He looked up and saw who Derek was talking about. Harry the Hornet should be sacked. Bill was surprised to see her in his office. Harry shouldn't have ridiculed Wilfred Zahar by diving onto the grass. It's time to ditch our club mascot. Bill noticed a tremor in her voice. He wasn't sure whether it was anger or something else. Her face was giving nothing away. Bill said, Ditch Harry? But he was only having a bit of fun. That's his job. She stared at Bill and said, The club has to get rid of him. Bill thought this was an over-serious reaction. He looked deep into her unblinking eyes to try to gauge her feelings. Then her voice cracked with emotion as she said, just like they got rid of me in the early 2000s. Bill watched Harry at the Hornet's huge yellow head droop in sadness. He took her black furry hand and patted it sympathetically. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Henry Grover entered the atrium. He went over to the shelves and found the programme for the Christmas Day afternoon game from 1940, where he was due for peace talks with the leader of Hatter Heaven. Henry's peace mission took him to the main stand touchline at Kenilworth Road. There he met the leader of Hatter Heaven. The man was wearing a Macintosh and a Luton scarf. He had large framed glasses and was balding beneath a flat cap. His name was Eric. Henry tried to make small talk. So, um, today's double header. What do you think of it so far? Rubbish! Henry was a little taken aback. He coughed. Arsenal! Henry tried again to make conversation. This overlap of heavens, it's extraordinary, isn't it? You can't see the join! Wahey! As they chatted, Henry learned a lot about Hatter Heaven. It had the same entry requirements as Hornet Heaven, 
unconditional love for the club. But the place hadn't had any new residents for years. Luton Town had simply become too unlovable. Henry also learned that Hatter Heaven was extremely run down. It didn't have anything like Hornet Heaven's magnificent golden atrium or posh new gallery restaurant. To get into matches, residents had to shuffle through the front door of someone's house on Oak Road. Between matches, they had to loiter in the narrow alley behind the Bobber's stand, where it was eternally raining. Eric leaned in and sang, Bring me sunshine. It's a little slice of Hornet Heaven! Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this year's Festival of Christmas Carols. Up here in our afterlife paradise, it's an annual tradition that will never die. Christmas, of course, is a time when we think of those less fortunate than ourselves. So, inevitably, our thoughts turn to them from up the road. They are less fortunate. They're less nice. They're less, well... Less everything, really. One thing they do have is a carol that we sing about them. So let's hush and hear Cliff sing one of Hornet Heaven's long-time favourites, the Kenilworth Carol. Away at the kennel, at that slum of a ground, there were plenty of Watford, no scammers were found. They'd all done a runner, they were under their beds. So we gave thanks to Lamper, who had kicked in Beautiful big fella. Now it's time for... Hark now, hear the Watford sing, the Luton run away. And we will fight forevermore because of Boxing Day. Yeah, <laughs> Golly. A mash-up of two carols there, Mr Holton. Uh, nice one. It's a little slice of Hornet Heaven! Johnny stroked his long, drooping moustache, thoughtfully. Definitely rugby fans. Standing next to Johnny, Henry was still indignant. It's absolutely outrageous. These people have no place in our afterlife. They're not like us at all. Their balls are the wrong shape. <laughs> I see what you've done there, Henry, but I don't expect they'll prove to be much different from football fans. I'm not being funny. Everything about rugby is wrong, Johnny. You can only pass the ball backwards. You score by kicking the ball over the bar, and tackling is basically just grievous bodily harm. Johnny walked forwards cautiously. He approached the two beer-bellied men in ballerina dresses. Greetings, gentlemen. Are you enjoying yourselves? We're larging it! Absolutely bloody larging it! We're having a much better time than you football fans. You lot don't know how to have fun. Well, I thought I'd introduce myself. My name's Johnny. Deary 
Donuts. What a boring name. I'm Archie, and this is Huge Hugo. Huge Hugo? But he's the same size as you. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> Go on, Hugo. Show him. Ah, no, don't. Definitely don't. It's a little slice of hornet heaven! Not another fanzine. Apparently, the new fanzine's going to be called Hornet Effect, sir. Well, it can horn it F off. I beg your pardon, sir? Fanzines are bad for you. Compared to the official programme, they're far too... Too what, sir? Far too much fun, young man. Fun? But that's a good thing, sir. The official programme is so boring. The official programme is a respectable publication, Derek. An upstanding organ. But have you ever seen anyone actually read it, sir? As a matter of fact, I'm about to see someone read 50 of them as punishment. Derek sat behind the desk and yawned as he turned the pages of the 43rd programme of his punishment. It was from the final game of the 1977-78 season at home to Southport. It was dull, dull, dull. But then, suddenly, it wasn't. On page 22, he saw a full-page advertisement for the Top Man menswear shop on the high street. It featured a photograph of a pouting blonde lady wearing a leotard off both shoulders, revealing an ample amount of bosom. Derek felt a sensation he'd never experienced from reading a programme before. <coughs> Quick, Derek. I need you in the atrium, right now. Derek hurriedly closed the Southport programme. He didn't get up. He blushed. Come on, on your feet. But, sir... Derek's face reddened even more. Bill went over to the desk. He grabbed the Southport programme. He flicked through and arrived at page 22. Derek, this is rude and dirty. Don't blame me, sir. It's the official programme. To quote your own words, sir, it's a respectable publication. You said it's an... Derek stopped. He decided not to use the words upstanding organ. It's a little slice of hornet heaven! On the opening day of the 2012-13 season, two former Watford managers were in the away section at a sunlit Sellhurst Park just before the teams came out. What a beautiful afternoon, Mike. I'm not sure anything at Sellers Park could ever be described as beautiful. Ah, cheer up. It's a time for optimism. Sean Dice did a great job last year. The ginger ninja, the throaty goatee. <laughs> I can't wait to see how he gets on in his second season of management with us. Well, you'll be waiting a long time. Daishi's been given the old heave-ho. What? Why? He was doing a grand job. Who's in charge now, then? The new owners have installed Gianfranco Zola as head coach. Why are you telling me that? Who cares about the coach? Tell me who the manager is. There isn't going to be a manager. What? You can't get rid of managers? Neil McBain was a hard-drinking and hard-gambling Scot who'd managed Watford in the 1930s and 50s. Well... That's not entirely true, is it? Mike Keane, sitting next to McBain, had been sacked as Watford manager in 1977. 
Neil McBain smarted at the reminder. He looked round. He saw another former manager was joining them. It was Harry Kent, the man who'd become Watford's second ever boss in 1910. Observe, gentlemen, we are going to have a manager after all. A multitude, in fact. Neil McBain and Mike Keane wondered what Kent was talking about. Then they noticed that every single Watford player had the words football manager on the front of their shirts. Kent said, must be their new job titles. This is a nonsense. They can't all be the manager, especially if one of them's Joe Garner. I was jesting about it being a job title, McBain. You, Kent, joking. Football manager is the name of the new sponsor. Right, I see. Street-laced Harry Kent does comedy these days, does he? I'm changing with the times. I do epic banter now. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Bill Mainwood and his 13-year-old assistant, Derek Garston, were in the Hornet Heaven programme office. Bill sighed. I wish we'd won the Brighton game on Saturday, my boy. If we'd won it by a couple of goals, we'd have gone second in the Premier League. Would you like one of my yellow sweeties to cheer you up, sir? No, thank you, my boy. The lack of fixtures is a real bore now we're in the Premier League. They came thick and fast in the Championship. I know, sir. It's all right for people in the land of the living, sir. The media keeps them excited between matches. Well, at least up here in Hornet Heaven, we've got the old games to keep going back to. Good point, sir. In fact, I'm ready for another one now, sir. I fancy a very exciting game. Let's go to the Leicester playoff semi, sir. Bill and Derek went out onto Occupation Road and through the ancient turnstile. In added time, the amazing climax of the Leicester game began to unfold. It's not fair, sir. Kanaka obviously died, sir. If he scores this, I'll... Mooney has saved it, sir. And again, sir. Don't need a running commentary. We've been back here to watch this game dozens of times before. Look, sir. Go and catch it. Go. I've never seen anything like this before. Calm down, my boy. You can't pretend it's the first time we've seen it. Hook's going to score, sir. Wait, he's laying it back to... Honestly, Derek, you've seen this very goal dozens of times, for goodness sake. Are you on drugs or something? Yes, sir. What? I took a pill earlier. I'm a mind-altering drug, sir. And it's amazing, sir. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven. Skilly went to the atrium and found Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. Skilly explained the theory of players existing in multiple heavens. Brilliant! That's just brilliant. But you think it's good that people up here could be in other heavens too? Absolutely. I just love the idea that Neil McBain is in Hatter heaven as well as Hornet heaven. We can wind him up about that no end. This is serious, Henry. Some of our residents will be very upset. I don't mean the fans. Fans only ever support one club, so they're all right. But some of our former players may lose faith in themselves as Hornets. 
The idea that they're actually spread around various heavens may make them feel like... like... Like tarts? Mercenaries, Henry. The word I was looking for was mercenaries. Oh, yes, sorry. It's a little slice of hornet heaven! On the Tuesday, I saw Derek on Occupation Road. He looked, to put it mildly, different. His hair was spiky and bright yellow, and he had chains hanging from his school blazer. I asked him what he was doing. Walking on the beaches, looking at the peaches, sir. There goes a girl and a half, sir. She got me going up and down, sir. She got me going up and down. Walking on the beaches, looking at the peaches, sir. Ach, Derek, I appreciate it's sunny and I suppose the shingle by the fences does make Occupation Road vaguely resemble a beach, if you squint a bit. But I don't think... What you think is irrelevant, sir. I'm a punk rocker now, sir. Right. Well, I suppose that saves me asking whether you knew you'd ripped your trousers. But I don't understand. What's the point of all this? I wanna be anarchy, sir. I see. So, uh, tell me, young man, what's brought this on? Watford has needed change for ages, sir. And finally we're getting it, sir. Graham Taylor has arrived and he's going to stick it to the establishment, sir. Graham Taylor and punk rock are the new spirit of our time, sir. Ah, I think you may have got Graham Taylor wrong if you think he's an out-and-out rebel. He is an antichrist, sir. Well, I must say, this all seems a little out of character for the Derek Garston who's been wearing a school uniform since 1921. I'm not Derek Garston anymore, sir. I'm Derek Ghastly. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan... John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com. Thank you for listening.